please remain standing for the reading of the word. Uh, the text this morning is from Psalm 77. If you want to follow along in your pew Bible, it's on page 467, and we also have it on the screen. For the director of music, for Jeduthun of Asaph, a psalm. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former of the days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night, my heart meditated, and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and rivered. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lighting lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through mighty waters, through your footprints, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a new face in the pulpit this morning. Uh, many of you know me. If you by chance haven't had the opportunity to make my acquaintance, obviously my name is Anders Schoenstrom. Uh, I've been calling this church home for about 10 years. Uh, I'm originally from Sweden, came to the US 21 years ago as a student, met an American woman who attended this church, uh, moved to Sweden, worked as a pastor for eight years, uh, had a sad uh, ending of my ministry there and uh, together with my family uh, moved to Hinsdale 10 years ago and, and settled. Uh, and today I'm working as a chaplain with a hospice agency that serves the entire Chicagoland area. In order to qualify for hospice, the individual must have been diagnosed with a life-limiting condition with a prognosis of six months or less if the disease has its normal course. 
So on a daily basis, I meet individuals who know that they soon will be dead. Many of the people I meet have some form of cancer. There's also heart failure, COPD, which is an umbrella for various kinds of lung issues, ALS, also called Lou Gehrig's disease, and many other conditions um, come in my daily work as a chaplain. I visit with these individuals and the conversations we have center around the fact that they are dying. Of course, pain and suffering that they experience is very real, very tangible and present. There are many questions related to pain and suffering, and there are no easy, simple answers to be given. Unfortunately, pastors and preachers have from time to time said, come to Jesus, believe in him, and all will be well. But it's not that easy and simple. No, it is not that easy and simple. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, you've put on my heart this morning to talk about pain and suffering. And just listening to that title, um, we all kind of shy away because it's, it's hard, it's difficult, and it's unpleasant. Come with your Holy Spirit and the words you've given to me. Uh, may they be received by each one of us. May they touch our hearts, spirits, and souls and lead us closer to you. And make us understand what we've already sung and talked about so far in this service, that you're good, that you want what's best for us, Lord. Come and open up your word to us this morning. Amen. It's a truth that each and everyone experience pain and suffering. And when we think about the word pain, at least what came to mind to me when I started preparing of this service is usually physical pain. And uh, I'm going to stop and be a little bit of a teacher here and talk about pain. Pain can be separated into two uh, different types of pain. Acute pain and chronic pain. Acute pain is something that usually results from surgery or an injury, inflammation or a disease. This type of pain generally comes on suddenly. For example, after trauma or surgery, you fall and you break your ankle. You have a severe surgery and it takes a while to be on demand and recover. The case of acute pain can usually be diagnosed, uh, diagnosed uh, and treated, and the pain is limited to a given period of time and severity. You fall and you break your leg, and in most cases it heals, and you're able to go on with your life after a month and a half or so in, uh, in a cast. The chronic pain is widely believed to represent the disease itself. It can be much worse than uh, because of environmental and physiological factors. Chronic pain persists over a longer period of time than the acute pain. And the chronic pain is many times resistant to medical treatments. But to make matters worse, pain is not always physical. Both acute, the short-term pain, and the chronic ongoing pain 
can lead to emotional pain. And that's where I put, want to put the emphasis this morning in my sermon. Emotional and spiritual pain may include but not be limited to sleep problems, sadness, anger, frustration, anxiety, and depression. The chronic uh, persistent pain is debilitating and can be frustrating to live with, both for you and for the people near you. And since chronic pain is such a personal experience, it is difficult for anyone else to understand exactly what you are feeling and going through, since no one knows the pain exactly like you do. And I would say that most of us, uh, even if we've been healthy physically, most of us have experienced uh, emotional, spiritual pain. And if you've been there, you know that it is a state that is highly unpleasant to be in. Pain is, philosophically speaking, an attack on the harmony that is supposed to be in our bodies, minds, and spirits. Since pain and suffering is private, we're usually very private and unwilling to talk and be open about it. What we're going through is personal, and I don't want to let anyone in. Isn't it true if someone asks you when you're not feeling good, how are you? The answer is usually fine, I'm good. And you smile. What liars we are. If we want to be honest, we don't want to invite others into our darkest rooms. Because it's painful. It's unpleasant in there. And many times we even shut the doors in our inner self and we don't even go in there. We rather keep the pain and suffering to ourselves uh, than opening up to others. There's many different reasons to feel pain, and I'm not able to give a good list or explanation of it. If so, I would have a PhD, be a university professor somewhere, and have written 25 books on this topic, and I have not. But just to get you thinking and realizing that it's all there, pain and suffering, here are a few examples. Relationships that are broken and not working. Marriages are crumbling. Family issues, you're not getting along with your children, with your parents, with your brother, with your, you fill in the blanks. There's pain and suffering in that when you don't get along with others. Can even be with a friend, with a coworker, with a neighbor, you're not dealing with it because it hurts too much. But when it does not work in our interactions and way to relate to other individuals, it is suffering, it is pain, it is hurtful. Another example can be addictions that have taken over and, it's, and now is always controlling our life. That addiction can be gambling, alcohol or other substances, sex, pornography, many other ways to reward uh, ourselves with an instant stimuli to numb something more painful and deeper that we don't want or are not able to interact and really resolve. Or it can be an illness or an injury that constantly keeps interfering and reminding us 
of its presence. So I said the list can be much longer, but maybe you have the thinking going. The question then is, where does all this pain and suffering come from? Well, the root and source of most pain and suffering is a well-known and not very well-liked word in our, in our setting. Sin. It's unpleasant to face the topic of sin. But I felt led to talk about that this morning. Augustine of Hippo, a more famous early Christian theologian, he defines sin as, quote, a word, deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. And Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We sometimes shy away and do not want to see sin for what it is. It's a word where regular church visitors are pretty common and, and familiar. It's common to us and we're familiar with it. Sin, okay, I hear it every Sunday, it's all right. Well, if I'm going to be sharp and really point at what the Bible says, you and I are doomed since no one is perfect. And the Bible don't tell us that God cannot and does not want to be around sin. It is totally against the very nature of who God is. The Bible even tells us that God is holy. He despises, God hates sin. That's hard to hear. I feel scared and intimidated even saying these words. What are people going to think about this preacher today? But let's be honest. You and I have areas in our life that we don't want anyone to know of. Because I am, I am embarrassed about my flaws, about my shortcomings and my character flaws. It is painful. Very painful and hard to open up those doors that I mentioned earlier. It's not pleasant. But I encourage you to stop. Be willing to confront and address some of this pain that I know you carry. The pain and suffering is all there. It's present in your life. And many times there's sin that has led to this pain. It hurts. It is not pleasant. But church is a safe place to be willing and brave enough to open up and deal with these issues. Uh, someone once said, church is not a museum for saints, but it is a hospital for sinners. The text we're looking at today, Psalm 77, gives us a model for how to act with our pain. In the beginning of the text, we can see the psalmist brings his pain to God. I myself am many times too embarrassed and scared to face God with my issues. Do you recognize this feeling? 
instead of being honest and willing to face God, we do like Jonah did. We run away. And I'm not going to reiterate it. I take for granted that most of you are familiar with the story of Jonah. If not, come and ask me afterwards. I'll tell you about it. Uh, The story of Jonah shows us that running away never helps us. If you run away like Jonah did, there will be storms and issues and complications coming your way if you do not search God. Instead, Psalm 77, uh, we get another picture. The psalmist let God know how how he felt, what he thought of, and he didn't keep it inside. He let it all out. As it said in the first verse, I cried out to the Lord. Cry out to God. Let him know. I'm hurting. I feel lonely. I do not know what to do. I'm falling apart. Lord, this is a situation I no longer want to be in because there is too much pain and suffering present. It can, just as in the text, become challenging and hard when we experience that God is silent even though we poured out our heart. We talk to God and nothing seems to happen. Well, is God even there? We feel alone with our pain. God seems far, far away. Well, let's look at verse 7 and 9. Again, if if you have a Bible, uh, it is on page 467. Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? It's a dark place to be in when we pour out our pain and this is how we feel. Nothing can be said to make it better. The pain of being alone and not heard by God is very palpable in this text. This is a tension I experience in my daily work. Um, Working as a chaplain is one way the easiest job you can have. You just sit and talk to people. But at the same time, it can be very, very challenging. Let me give you a story. He ran several marathons, some of them in Chicago. He loved his wife, his grandchildren, and was very active in his local Catholic parish. Overall, he had been a nice, friendly, and good person. And now he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer stage 4. What is there to tell him? He trusts in God, but he knows that he's dying And he's only 54 years old. He had poured out his heart to God. He had asked for healing. I had prayed for healing with him. And still he was at this position that he knew his life was coming to an end. Your situation might not be like that, that you know that you have a life-limiting illness but you feel like you poured everything out and you sit in this tension 
of is there a good God and I've tried to do my part. Well, my friend, there isn't much to be said and to be done. But I believe to the core of my being that God is good. I have felt and experienced in my job, in these broken moments, that there is a holy presence there that is palpable. Uh, for a year, I worked at Rush Hospital. Um, I was a resident in, in chaplaincy. In the middle of the night, the beeper went off, and I had to respond and sometimes didn't know what was going on. It was a code blue, a cardiac arrest. Someone was in dire straits, and they wanted a chaplain to be present. To be present in those moments is hard, but at the same time, I know by experience that God is with us. But how do we move from a place where we try to talk to God and feels that he is very distant? Well, my, my advice, my uh, word to you is to, to look at this text. Remember what good God has done. As I said earlier, God's very nature is holiness. Is the, the Hebrew word shalom, which includes so many things. Any positive thing you can think about really fits in the word of, of shalom. Goodness, love, light, compassion, wonderful. All those things we love to see in another person that we can see in the person of Jesus. And I bet if I were to start asking all of you individual, we're not going to do that, but if I took this microphone and, and started walking around and ask each one of you in which way God has been good to you in your life, we would not be able to leave here today and maybe not even this week. Never lose sight of that and never forget that God is good. The Bible tells us that God is love, one of my favorite statements about God. It doesn't say that God has love. It says that he is love. The very nature of God is love. So I hope that I, in my sermon, am able to tell that to you. I don't want this to be pain and suffering as something that shoves you down in your shoes and make you feel little, small, and diminished and not... Uh, heard or seen. God is good. God is love. And he loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. If it only had been you who were rotten, sinful, and bad, God would have died for you. God would have died for me. That is the really best core of the Christian faith. We cannot be free from sin. We cannot be perfect. Pain and suffering is unfortunately a part of life. I don't like it. You don't like it. No one likes it. But we have the opportunity to bring it to God himself, to share it, to open up. Remember what he has done and as the text continues talking about, God opened up a way 
through the Red Sea for the people of Israel as they walked from Egypt. Uh, we can read about it in the book of Exodus. Sometimes the pain and the suffering will not end of, uh, for us as long as we're down here on this earth. And that, as I said, is, is the tension and the hard part that is uh, sometimes impossible to understand. But God wants to lead us through the water. And water in the Bible is many times a symbol of chaos, of instability. And that is God wants to open up a way for you in the midst of your pain and suffering and lead you through. Um, the text also talks about that there were no, there were no trace for, of God. There were no footprints. We don't always see it until afterwards we can realize that in the midst of my pain and suffering was God. I'm not going to re retell the old story about footprints, but many of you know that. In our pain, in our suffering, in our most challenging times, God is present. So my friend, don't keep your pain and suffering inside. If there's something you take away from this servant, remember that God is good. God can take our cries. God can take our pain and our raw wailing of what's going on. But the road will open up. And I know by experience that God is good. As a song we're going to sing later that, that Ruth played during the, the uh, offering says, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he's strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen.